Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to talk about the misconception among uh, certain women that getting emotionally closer will lead to more sex. So within couples counseling, couples counselors say that this will happen, yet people stay in couples counseling for years and years. They learn all their I feel statements. They don't scream as much at each other, which is great but you know, it doesn't usually take multiple years to accomplish and uh, the intimacy never, never changes. So we will talk about when and why and why this is correct for certain women, but incorrect for many, many people that I end up seeing in my office. And before that, please do subscribe. The most recent subscriber episode was on marital coercion and what that is and isn't and how to repair if that is in fact what happened. Um, and then the next episode will also be subscriber only, but I'll have to decide what that is. And we have 130 other episodes, lots and lots and lots of listening for only $8.99 a month. Okay, so if you are a young preoccupied attachment woman who are the majority of women, young women that come into couples counseling, so basically under 40, under 35, young women, young mothers, and the young mother stage, most uh, there are more preoccupied attachment women than preoccupied attachment men. Most men, if they're insecurely attached, are avoidant. Most insecurely attached women are preoccupied. The reason this may surprise you is because obviously the men on the internet in relationship forums trying to seek relationship advice are solely the preoccupied attachment men. So if you are a preoccupied attachment man that came to me from DSO or some other um, relationship site or a Reddit, you know, dead bedrooms, whatever, the men who post about relationships are definitionally preoccupied attachment men. Avoidant attachment men are spending their time doing their hobbies and their work. They're in no way ever posting on the internet about relationships. So you never see them on the internet. It's like they don't exist. So if you solely existed on the internet, you would think that there were no avoidant attachment men. You would think there was a bunch of preoccupied attachment women, though, complaining about these poor dudes that don't really seem to exist because they're not, in fact, on the threads defending themselves because they don't go on the internet that to discuss relationships because they're avoidant attachment. Similarly, avoidant attachment women don't go on the internet to talk about relationship problems. So basically, as I've discussed many times uh, in my comments, there's some securely attached people who are trying to make their relationship better and were interested in psychology, etc. But mainly there's people who struggle with preoccupied or fearful avoidant the disorganized attachment style, not the avoidant attachment people. Those people do not, they're not interested in talking about emotions and relationships. That's literally the definition of who and what they are. So anyway, um, when these younger preoccupied attachment women come into therapy, they say things like, he doesn't pay attention to me. He never wants to hang out. He doesn't spend any time with me. All he wants to do is play video games. All he wants to do is go out with his friends. Um, it's either work or his friends, or it's work, the friends, and the kids, but never me. He never asks anything about me. If I died, he probably would go to work the next day. He would just replace me with somebody else. I have a whole podcast about avoidant husbands, and you could listen to that in depth for what these women say and what these men act like. And of course, these are preoccupied 
non-attachment women who are making the situation worse for themselves by acting needy and clingy and possessive and jealous, which they're doing because they feel attachment panic. And you can go back to my attachment styles podcast um, to read, to, to learn more about all the attachment types in depth, which you probably should do to make this easier to understand. Anyway, so the point is these young preoccupied attachment women, they still have all their estrogen. They really want to bond. They want to be close. They want to cuddle. They want to talk. They want to do all these romantic things. They wish their life was like more of a romantic comedy and um, they just want to be close. They just always wanted to be close in marriage. And now they're with this guy that would rather, you know, look at his phone than hang out. And they're very sad. These women... If the guy learns to be more emotionally close, they have more sex with him. I mean, that's the, the God's honest truth, you know? I mean, they want to be having sex anyway. They still have a sex drive. They're on the younger side, as I've said. Um, they are sex positive. They love sex, but it makes them feel very vulnerable. They don't, maybe don't love it all the time. They are, after all, young mothers, so therefore exhausted. And their sex drive could be depleted by myriad things, by the way, just like everybody. Monogamy itself, then nursing, being pregnant, uh, antidepressants, birth control, myriad things, right? Uh you know, as I discuss all the time. So, of course, these women still do have responsive desire versus spontaneous, generally, but they do have some desire. You know, they do want to be close. When they think about a romantic evening, it does end up in bed, you know, but just it ends up in bed after a lot of romance, you know, and a lot of going out, you know, on date night and compliments and closeness and hand-holding and cuddling. They want the classic romantic stuff. And I help guys figure out what this is. I have podcasts on how to be more romantic. For these women, when they're in couples counseling, if the guy learns to express feelings, to, if he learns what attachment style is, if he learns not to be so dismissive and condescending, if he learns what, what I call the Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife dynamic is and how he um, you know, contributes to that, and you could go back to that specific podcast, Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife, I also have a post on that. Um, then she does want more sex, truly. And the sex life wasn't bad. And what's an interesting thing is that preoccupied attachment women will give more sexual feedback because they actually want the sex life to be good because they consider it a barometer of the overall, you know, connection. So these are the women who are giving feedback, like not like this, or let's try this, or that doesn't work, or ow, stop, no, whatever. Not in the I'll stop, no, like, let's not ever touch again, but like teaching the guy how to be better in bed. These are the women who care enough about the relationship and the sexual quality, you know, sometimes they care too much about it, that they do want the sex to be better, so they do give feedback. Now, who does this whole approach of waiting, we, we all learn about our emotions, we learn how to validate each other, and then the sex gets better, who does this not work for? It doesn't work for older women and a more avoidant women. So um, most of the time, women who are at, uh, post 40 have older kids and are more avoidantly attached. This shit is not going to work. They don't want to be close to begin with. So why would it work? The guy is the one who wants both the romance and the sex. So it's not like he could give her more romance. The only thing that she ever says she wants is for him to do more shit around the house. And because these avoidant women are usually over-functioners, frequently over-functioners, you know, it's like... He underfunctions, so they got into that dynamic. She does do a lot of shit around the house. She does act like the CEO of the house. He's always done less than her. So, yeah, he could learn to do more stuff around the house. 
And if he does, by the way, it's not like the sex improves either. So she doesn't want romance, so he can't do that. She wants more chores. He can do that. But these are the women for whom chore play doesn't work. And I have a whole podcast called Chore Play Does Work. Chore play is what the manosphere calls, like doing chores, hoping to get laid. That does work, but it's for the preoccupied attachment women, the younger women, or the securely attached women. It's not for the avoidant attachment women. So there's a lot of guys who are preoccupied attachment guys that are with avoidant wives that nothing has seemed to work in couples counseling. And that's when they end up in my office because they've spent years and years and they just uh, don't know what to do. They're spinning their wheels, time and money in couples counseling. And the woman does not grow closer in any regard. And they're still in basically a sexless marriage, obviously, is uh, less than 10 times a week, as I say, for, uh, <laughs> less than 10 times a week. That's funny. Less than 10 times a year, as I have told you before. That's the research definition. So anyway, what do you do then that works better with more avoidant women? Well, you have to address the sex life directly. These women don't give sexual feedback because they don't really care. You know, they don't care about the closeness as much. And again, I have a whole podcast on avoidant wives so you could figure out why and, and how she became this way. And I have a whole pre podcast on preoccupied, a post on preoccupied attachment husbands and I believe a podcast on them as well so you could see why you're like how you are. But basically, the guy is the pursuer and the woman is pushing away in every regard. She doesn't give sexual feedback because she doesn't care that much. You know, the whole intimacy of telling a man how to touch her body is overwhelming, feels fake, feels awkward. These are the women who think the man should be a mind reader in bed. These women, no women, by the way, or no men know about responsive desire. There's like four people. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you know, maybe 1% of people know about responsive desire. So, you know, and I talk about that repeatedly with how stupid the bait and switch idea is because women are shocked when, when their desire goes down too. You know, they assume it has to do with the man. They don't know about monogamy, the effect of monogamy evolutionarily and biologically on their drive so anyway the avoidant attachment women they have to we have to talk about sex directly in the session because the guy could be doing all manner of shit that she hates but she's never told him she won't tell him if he's a bad kisser she won't tell him if she's been faking her orgasm she won't even tell him if he smells bad why because she's avoidant she hates confrontation she hates anything emotional she hates any intimacy and she's coupled with a preoccupied attachment guy who's super rejection sensitive so if in bed she does say how about like this he usually loses his erection and sulks for three weeks so you know it's not fully her fault as nothing is it's all a dynamic so a one major reason to discuss sex directly with avoidant attachment women is because it's a safe space where I could coach her to give specific sexual feedback and him to receive it in a way that doesn't turn her off ever giving it again by being overly sensitive and reactive. Whereas, again, preoccupied attachment women and those who are younger with higher sex drives, they care more about the sex life, so they will have given such feedback um, before um, much at much higher rates than avoidant attachment women will. And the next reason is because avoidant women, much like avoidant men, like to have specific goals and assignments. Honestly, they will often have sex once a week when I tell them to just so that they could avoid fucking talking about it all the time, which is so uncomfortable and upsetting to them. Also, then they're like being a good therapy student. And many of these women are very high achieving. They're people pleasing. And the way in which people pleasing honestly works is when people try to do a good job in therapy. Because even if they start to try just to do a good job in therapy, they end up with their momentum and then things feed on themselves. They start to enjoy having sex more, feeling closer, etc. But it's like a little kid learning to read in kindergarten. They could first learn how to read because they love the teacher and they love when the teacher acts happy. And then eventually... They learn to read and they like reading by themselves. 
It's like any positive reinforcement. Uh, it could start out extrinsic and end up intrinsic. Next, by the way, is that, that these people have to talk about sex directly is because the man never gets to do this. So then he tries to do it on his own. And when anybody tries to DIY something that hasn't worked for years already, it's not going to work this next time either. So a preoccupied attachment man talking about sex, he's got to be coached how to do it in real time, how to actually discuss sex in a way that isn't so aversive and overwhelming. Like, do you not even love me? Like, why don't you like to touch me? Oh my God, I like to touch you just tell me anything that you like oh please 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 until she wants to die you know so these guys have to be taught how to talk about sex in more of a matter-of-fact way where um you know she could actually engage because remember she's not going to engage at a super high intense level she's not going to engage with him crying she's not going to engage with him sulking he has to be coached to talk about sex in a different way people uh, don't talk about sex at all pretty much in our culture so specifically men who are very emotionally intense tend to bungle these conversations because there's so much uh, feelings involved there's so much hurt and they're more rejection sensitive in general so it ends up being kind of terrible so for all those reasons you know, we need to talk about sex directly in couples counseling, specifically with women who are avoidant. Now, why don't now, of course, preoccupied attachment women um, and their avoidant attachment husbands could benefit from talking more openly about sex as well. So then why don't therapists do it? Well, when you only have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, right? I mean, like, if you're not, most therapists are not interested in talking about sex in session. They don't want to. They haven't been trained in it. They haven't done their own research, you know, their own, you know, autodidact, what is it, being an autodidact, that's what I am, um, <laughs> where you teach yourself and you research and everything, but because, I mean, yeah, unless you go to a specific program that is added on after you've been a licensed therapist, such as getting an ASEC certification or something, that's the American Academy of Sexual something, something, um, which people who've been qualified as that literally tell me, don't do that. <laughs> it was a lot of, a lot of effort and a lot of time. And you could just read the stuff yourself. But, um, I, I'm sure that, that a lot of people like, like it. It's just, that was funny. Some two people told me that anecdotally, but anecdotally is nothing. So ASEC certification is great. I just don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> uh, the, the, the point here is unless you have either training or interest, ideally both, in sexuality, you're not going to want to talk about it. And the majority of therapists don't. They like to talk about feelings. That's why they became a therapist. So if you like to talk about feelings, then it makes sense that everything would start and end with feelings. And since you don't really know what to or talk about in the sexual domain and you don't want to talk about it because it makes you feel uncomfortable, then you're never going to talk about it. So therefore, if you have an avoidant attachment wife, you should definitely be talking to somebody who at the very least says that they're sex positive on their website, which means that you could bring sex up and generally has some further education, interest, training, anything about sex. You know, I mean, I only hire people at my practice at Best Life who at least are sex positive. And I specifically ask in the interview, are you comfortable talking about sex in session? And if not, then we don't hire them, you know, but that is not the case. And everybody doesn't want that. As I just talked about, there's 
plenty of, of preoccupied attachment young women who just want more cuddling and more closeness and, and less dismissiveness and less him acting like a dickwad and more of him doing chores and helping and us being a team and going to the, you know, the fucking pumpkin festival together with our baby. And then they do have sex during the fucking baby's nap time and they're thrilled to do it. But if you're at the situation where you've always been pursuing her for sex, you have no idea what she likes or doesn't like in bed. She'll never talk to you about the relationship and couples counseling you've been spinning your wheels for months if not years well then you obviously need to transition into something else where sex is discussed more directly for the reasons that I've just delineated you know I mean it's kind of uh, frustrating for I'm frustrated on the behalf of so many people that come in and say that they were in couples counseling for years and then I ask how much they're having sex which was literally the guy's main problem and it's like oh we don't really even have sex like once a once a month twice a month I mean this is this is where you got to after years you know and and the interesting part is that many of these women will say that they've made a lot of progress in therapy sure he knows how to talk in a way that she likes better. He's a better father. He's more involved with the kids. He can understand the feeling if it hits him in the face. Great. Wonderful. I'm glad. But, you know, that's not where shit begins and ends. Both people's needs need to be addressed. So this is why you need to be directly talking about your sex life. So, for example, I work with people. They didn't tell their husband that they didn't like his foreplay style for 15 years. Because they're more avoidant people, they have no language to say it, nobody's prompting them. Anytime they started a conversation, he looked like he was going to jump out the window because he he's so rejection sensitive, being preoccupied attachment. I mean, it just went to garbage. And so that's what they could have been doing in the second session or like at least the second month. Meanwhile... It's been like, oh, yeah, we saw we saw like three therapists, three couples therapists uh, off and on over the course of the past 12 years, 12 fucking years. You could have like five rental properties with that money, man. You know, then you could divorce each other more readily because you would have more income. <laughs> Listen, I don't I don't want anybody to get divorced. Right. But I'm just saying, you know, or like people could get sooner to like literally somebody figuring out that they don't want sex and will never want sex. Well, you don't need two years of couples counseling if you discuss sex directly from the beginning, because many women were like, well, shit, we're doing it once a month. Isn't that good? Because it's never, literally never been discussed in the session besides this nebulous construct that as they get closer, then probably, definitely, why not, the sex life will improve. And it doesn't. It never, ever does. Not least of which is because nobody has ever talked about desire. Nobody's ever given given any education, even about responsive desire, that the woman actually has to get herself in the mood and try to have sex to enjoy sex. I mean, even just that. Never mind the sexual feedback. Never mind the assignments being better for avoidant people. Never mind any of it. Literally, they still don't know what responsive desire is, nor have they ever put themselves into a situation where they could try to have sex and see if it gets them in the mood to have sex, which is the only way that monogamous women enjoy sex. So, I mean, like, it's just, it's, it's really unconscionable, you know? So, so before I, you know, get even more upset about this topic, take it for what it's worth. If this is your situation, it will definitely resonate with you. Um, try to find a sex positive, at the very least, a sex positive therapist. Uh, better would be somebody who is either certified in sex stuff or that you, you see on their profile, at least, that they work with sexual issues, you know? I mean, that... 
that they're experienced with it, that they're trained in it, that they care about it, that they think that it's important for a marriage. You know, you, you wouldn't, if you were Catholic and you were like super Catholic, you would not go to, you know, a therapist who said that Catholics were stupid, right? So <laughs> you, I know that nobody comes out there and their profile says that sex is stupid, but if sex is nowhere in in nowhere there for like what they work on with couples if it's all feelings all the time and there's nothing about sex then you could infer that they do not prioritize it in their work with you and of course you could always reach out to me directly and for any of my people at best life i even have a sex coach she's not a therapist but she works specifically and concretely on sexual issues heather ray the sexologist on my best life behavioral health website and she could augment your i feel statements with your counselor if you love them so much and they're doing so much to help you oh, another thing this is like totally beyond the scope of this but if you've never talked about either of your childhoods or your sex life in couples counseling you got to do a deep dive on what the fuck you're doing you know i mean you really do there's only so many i feel statements that somebody can say and I feel statements are great for people who were raised to communicate like lunatics, like all of us that grew up with parents that shouted each other like banshees all the time. It's really an eye opener to know that people don't have to do that. But if that's where your couple's counseling begins and ends, then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing your wallet quite a disservice, by the way, too. And it's really hard to find time to schedule. If you got all that time and money back, you know, I mean you would be happy. So anyway, um, <laughs> this isn't the one to share with your wife because it's just not. It's just not. Like, don't send it with your wife and then she's going to be like, no, I really think that Marsha has helped us a lot over the past three years. Okay, cool. That's, that's awesome. No offense, Marsha, who of course is a hypothetical name of nobody that I know. Um, but it sounded like a good therapist name. I'm sure Marcia helped you a lot. But if you're still having no intimacy in your marriage and this bothers one of you, then perhaps Marcia could be augmented with something else. You could stay with Marcia, you know, stay with Marcia. Stay. Marcia is great. <laughs> but, but if you have never discussed your genitals in session, then maybe that something else, you know, can, can, can add to the benefit of Marcia. All right, I'll talk to everybody soon. I hope you found this funny and or informative. One or the other is great and have a great day, guys.